Hello and welcome to another edition of the Formula One Fans UK podcast. I'm Reese. I'm joined today by Chris, who's going to review the Mexican Grand Prix, and Dan, Danny, and Tim, who are going to be reviewing the Brazilian Grand Prix with myself. First of all, over to Chris. It won't take long, because I thought it was utter crap. The Mexico circuit isn't very well suited for overtaking. It's a processional race, always has been. Um, it was a bit disappointing, to be honest. Um, yeah, there's, there's not much you can say about that. Thanks for that, Chris. <laughs> and now, on to the, uh, the race that actually provided some entertainment. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. I just want to put a segment in real quick. That is the best segment that I've ever done with Chris. Hands down. <laughs> the best. 10 out of 10, Chris. That I was think that's the most amazing. <laughs> well done, Chris. Uh, we're just going to say, also, when Chris, in a segment with Chris, that's the most anyone's ever said edgeways alongside Chris. <laughs> 100%. Guys, uh, how are we all doing? Pretty good. I don't think my heart stopped racing yet after that race. <laughs> but what we're going to do, we're going to get straight into it and we're going to start off with the retirements. Uh, start off with Lance Stroll, who was shedding weight faster than a fat girl who's. Um, I can't tell that joke. Um, <laughs> you just can't say that on <laughs> We apologise to any larger women who might listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lance Stroll, he, he got. Uh, a, a fair old whack, shall we say, from Yuki Tsunoda. And um, he was shedding parts all over the race. And it ruined his weekend, uh, which is a shame when you put all this extra effort that goes in on a sprint weekend to have it destroyed through no fault of your own of a very opportunistic lunch. Um, Daniel Ricardo had an engine failure. Danny, Ricardo. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so yeah, Ricardo, just another dreadful weekend. Um, had to retire the car. But just um, a bad weekend for McLaren in general, being behind the pace. Uh, another good weekend for Ferrari, and McLaren was just, they've lost grip of that third place in the championship, and it's just a bummer to see. But, I um, mean, yeah, just a bad race for Ricardo, just a weekend to forget, two weekends to forget, uh, actually, for, for Ricardo and McLaren. Um, while we, uh, Ricardo wasn't in the wars in a, uh, in a physical sense, and his car sort of to the failure, a guy who was in the wars in physical sense was Schumacher. Dan, what's on Schumacher's weekend? I'm going to be pretty honest. I'm really disappointed for Mick because I thought he was doing half decent. Uh, you know, he, he's not really going for it because obviously the cards that you're in, but I thought at one point, you know, it's not a bad race. He, he is ahead of Mazepin. Uh, you know, it's not a bad race for him, and then it just, I don't know, all kind of just all went to, to shit, really. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been a hard a hard season for Haas. There's been a lot of labour, and they've been uh, united together in fighting through it. And whilst we speak of united forever in friendship and labour, Tim, <laughs> Nikita Mazepin. I don't think anyone on this podcast has been united in friendship with him this season, have they? But, having said that, oh. it was... An okay race for him. Um, he got a blistering start. I think he was up to 13th after the first safety car. And I expected him to fall down the order straight away on the first lap. But he stayed there for a few laps. 
yes, he only ended up one place ahead of his teammate who had all of the problems. Um, but yeah, it was um, it wasn't an awful weekend for him by any stretch of the imagination, based on his previous weekends. Also, that's a few races in a row that we've seen the Hasses, whether it's through penalties to others or first corner shenanigans, actually be a bit higher up the order from the back and then actually staying there for a few laps. So I don't know if they have maybe got some more stability in the car or if the drivers are learning it a bit better, but it's it's not, it's not massive glowing 10 out of 10 races, but it's small signs of improvement that they're actually been able to compete with other cars, at least for the first parts of races, which they weren't doing at the start of the season. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that, as my fellow teammate. Um, <laughs> but, I, I don't know, I'm not really feeling their front wing design. <laughs> it travels very well under cars, not in front of them. <laughs> I would like to know where Sebastian Vettel was because he had some sort of fetish about touching rear and front wings. Uh, all right, Dan, what we've just had there is uh, some technical issues with our friend Amer in America. He's um, he's left the video call, but we are going to press on with uh, his northern friend. I don't know, can you call them northern friends, Canadians to Americans? Oh. Uh, maybe Northern Cousin. I don't know. Northern Cousin. Yeah. Or, um... We're going to stroll. Oh, no, Latifi. <laughs> the other Canadian who, uh... Latifi, for me, was disappointing this weekend. I don't expect much from Latifi. I think we had a moment where we were all quite high on him for a bit when he started stringing to get some good results together. But he fell behind the Hasses. He struggled to get past the Hasses. Uh, he didn't really make any indents. Somehow, despite all of Sonoda's troubles, he finished behind Sonoda. Um, I thought it was quite a bad a bad weekend for the TV, even if, on a one-lap pace, he did finally get the better of George Russell. Yeah, he had a good qualifying, actually. Well, I, I, did they still go out in Q1, though, didn't they, I think? They went out in Q... I mean, he, he qualified 17th out of 20th, but he did beat Russell. Yeah. No, he qualified 16th, didn't he? Um, but then... Uh, no, I think Stroll might... Oh, uh, that's why. Lewis got disqualified. Qualified. So I'm looking at the list, and it, I thought it was 16th, yeah, so, so Lewis is at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, because Lewis got disqualified. But we'll touch on that later. Um... Yay! Danny's back. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. What I did, I just went in... I went next to my modem, and I just uh, connected my wire. So I am back. For good. Lovely. You've, you've missed Latifi, so we're on to Russell. You've missed Latifi, so you haven't missed much. I need to make a confession to get it off my soul. For one lap, Latifi was my favourite driver of the whole day, and I loved him. <laughs> I know yeah. what this point oh, is. Right yeah. up. Yes. Here's Latifi. Just because it's Max, don't let him out in front of you. Fuck Max. <laughs> <laughs> And then, my, and then my kids uh, rightly put it out, so uh, you can't say that word, Daddy. And I was like, well, it, it, you don't understand what's on the line, kids. You just need to watch your tablet. <laughs> <laughs> Why are your kids not watching the race and understanding? Uh, uh, my son does like Lewis, but he likes the end. The, all the commotion and the celebrations, he likes that bit. Um, but his mum has told me that I'm not allowed to teach him to hate Max. 
So, yes. Yeah, it, it is what it is. I mean, teaching a kid not to hate. Yeah. Teaching a kid not to hate Max Verstappen. I'm on the fence yeah. with that one. I'm not too big a fan of him at the moment, his attitude. But yeah, let's get off get off this subject. Uh, Danny, it's on to you. Yuki Tsunoda, your hype train man. More like train crash, man. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, just a, <laughs> a weekend to forget for him. Uh, uh, he, he's improved so much. Like three races ago, he was on a good streak, and now we got a, a dud for today, so... I don't know, it's rough, rough for Yuki. Danny, your thoughts on your thoughts on the attempted overtake on Lance Stroll? When he smashed into the side of him. Oh, well, it was, well that's what caused uh, Stroll to lose a lot of things. Uh, uh, overambitious, I don't know, just, just too much. Not smart. Not culturally correct, but do you know in World War Two where the, the suicide bomber pilot people... I knew you were going to mention Kamikaze. Yeah, yeah, but that's what it would. That, that's what it looked like, like that. It was a kamikaze move. But I don't know what he was thinking. Like, there was no way that whatever he was thinking in his mind was gonna happen. There was only one outcome, and it was a crash. Yeah. Kamikaze on Canada. There you go. There's the name. Kamikaze Canada. Yeah. Kamikaze from Canada. Kamikaze on Canada. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's move on because yeah, this is all the stuff that just goes through my head. It's fine. <laughs> Next up, Dan, for you, it's Antonio Giovinazzi. Do I have Mr. Antonio Giovinazzi? You have Mr. Antonio Giovinazzi. Hold on. I wrote some notes about him. I wrote some notes down. Uh, wait, no, I did not because he didn't do very well. I was about <laughs> to say, you, you, found some note, you found something to write about. I didn't even know he was in the race. Yeah, it... It was an absolute shambles again when you look at where he should be finishing and where his teammates are finishing. Like, you know, it's, yeah, I'm not really feeling his drive. I'm not really feeling his place in the team. Uh, I don't think his position is safe in the team. I think he's out the door. He's gone. Yes. It, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a really dodgy one, isn't it? That's, that's the problem. It's, I know Kimmy's out anyway, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's retiring. That's a bit different to being forced out for not being good enough. We'll move on to, move on to someone who next season is getting the move up because he's, be, because he's good enough. Tim, tell us your thoughts on George. Honestly, uh, obviously, he started behind Latifi, finished ahead of Latifi, so that's... Good on George. Um, that's all you can really judge him against, I think, at the moment. I don't know if Pat Williams has stopped updating the packages or if they've taken a slight sideways step instead of a step forward. They just seem to have dropped off a bit from where they were in the middle of the European season. Um, yeah, good race. I, I guess you can say good race for George. He moved forward from where he started and he beat one of the um, Alpha Tauris and one of the Alfa Romeo's, but we've discussed the troubles that both of those drivers had. So, yeah, just a standard George solid performance race. I don't think you can say much more on it, to be honest. Kimi Raikkonen, he fell foul of the the one rule in motorsport, or the first rule in motorsport, which is do not crash into your teammate. Um, obviously, 
I think we can all say that was more on Giovinazzi than anyone else. I think Raikkonen maybe could have left the door a bit more open, but I felt Giovinazzi sort of just understeered into him, took him out, spun him around. Uh, I liked the idea from Alfa Romeo to completely change the rear wing assembly and have something a bit more overtakey. Uh, I just question why they didn't have that in the first place, considering you're in a midfield, well, lower midfield car, so you should go for something a bit more overtaking. Exactly, but you think who who they technically should be racing with, and yet they're back there racing with Williams and Hasses and stuff like that. So they've got to do something. Well, I think that's where they belong. No, see, I I don't. I think they're. Oh, what, like 10th and 11th team? Like, I think they should be aiming for that. Really? Fair point. Um, Danny, P11, Sebastian Vettel. Yep. Uh, he likes to get handsy, but he doesn't know what it will cost him. <laughs> well, he does know what it will cost him. Uh, yeah, $25,000 for a front wing, if he touches that front wing. <laughs> um, you know, Seb has been doing that for a good amount of time, and, um, you know... During his times battling Hamilton, you would think he would get penalized back then, but I guess a uh, different situation now. But yeah, P11, he had a good scrap with Alonso during the race, um, but just that that Aston Martin is is not a good car and wasn't a good car here. Um, 11th place is a good result, but no points for them, and they they um Alp- no they didn't lose out. Alpine lost out to AlphaTauri. So yeah, just just the. Average weekend. I am really enjoying watching Vettel race. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's changed or so that, but I'm really enjoying it. And I'm really enjoying the Vettel and Alonso battles that seem to keep reoccurring uh, in the middle of the pack at random stages of the race. Uh, but I, I just generally think that Vettel is a lot happier where he is now compared to where he was two, three, four, five years ago. Yeah, I, he looks free. He looks free. And I think there's a, a, an interesting point. And while we're not on to Alonso yet, I'll just say, whilst Alonso has the most overtakes on-track overtakes this season, uh, Vettel has the second most. And I think that's the experience of these guys in the midfield shining through. And Vettel yeah. just looks completely different now. Uh, like I say, being free from that Ferrari, sh- the Ferrari shackles, and I think it just proves how toxic Ferrari, how how like toxic and demanding that Ferrari and Red Bull part of his career was. And like you said, he seems free. He he seems like he can be himself now. He's out of that kind of uh, thing. Yeah, just a last point on that. Um... With the way Vettel is driving at the moment, if Aston Martin get the luck of the ball with next season and the new regulations, I really think we could see Vettel challenging in the top five, four, five, six quite regularly next season. If he keeps, I'd like to if see Aston Martin get the right side of the draw with that, and I think everyone would love to see it. Love to see Seb back up the front. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's um, one thing everyone likes to see. Um, one other, something else that everyone loves to see is three D printed track wall art. As always, this podcast is sponsored by Apex Tracks. Uh, for all your 3D printed track wall art needs, head to apextracks.com. That's A P E X T R A X S dot com. Uh, one more thing on the Apex Track front, they have supplied us with another prize. 
so keep your eye well keep your ears eyes and anything else you might use ready um although i don't recommend licking 3d printed track wall art <laughs> just because we've got a uh, yeah another competition at the end of the season we'll be giving away a piece of abu dhabi track wall art uh, it is the old layout i must say but can't complain it was given to us very kindly by them thank you very much Joss. Yes, yes, Joss. Thank nice you very much. much. Yes, it is Joss. Not, thank you, Joss. Not Verstappen. <laughs> Imagine if we got sponsorship from Joss Verstappen. Joss Verstappen, if you want to sponsor the show. Joss Verstappen would never... <laughs> <laughs> Joss Verstappen would never sponsor this podcast for what people are going to find out towards the end when we talk about his son. Wait, the, um, amount, the amount of shit we talk about him, we're lucky we don't get sued. Like, <laughs> okay, okay. I, think, I think a prize is out of the, out of the question. Anyway, moving on to tim lando norris given the circumstances of the first lap and the puncture and that he was so far behind i know he was helped by the safety cars i think a very good recovery drive from lando today yeah the way he started picking off i know that the hasses and the williams are relatively easy to pass but that once he started picking off through the alphas and the um Aston Martin's like he, he drove very well I thought today considering what had happened at the start yeah I agree I think they'll be I think McLaren as a McLaren as a whole will be bitterly disappointed with this weekend so um when they came in I think they thought they were going to be a, there was room like they were saying they thought they would be a lot closer to Ferrari this weekend and this might be a chance for them to gain that point so to only come out with one point from the whole weekend is uh rather disappointing especially as ferrari got the extra point in the sprint race as well on top of what they got today yeah exactly i was absolutely gutted for him um i genuinely thought that there was just enough room to slip up the outside of um oh who is it again paris science no science uh science slip he, up he, out of there and, and, then and, and, I thought, and then when i saw what happened? I was like, oh, like it would be him, and you just knew science would be gutted, what of what he'd done, like to Lando. But the problem is, like, it was so tight, it was so chaotic that I think the fact that he was able to get back to the pits, able to get back out and get a P10, it just shows how good of a driver he naturally is. Yeah. So yeah, like mm-hmm. I was gutted, but then I was like. It's a top ten. He's got a point. He's brought the car home. It's you know, it's not a bad result in the end of it. If I am going to be critical of Norris, I, I feel the move was definitely on, and the move was still on. But he came across too early, and the puncture was his own doing. Uh, Science had nowhere to go, but there, there was still room for for Lando to ride the wall a bit longer. Uh, but he came across too soon, and it did ruin his race. Whilst he fought back well, it it was not anywhere near the result he should have had but was it or was it not better watching him come through that field than watching him fight for like a second third or fourth place personally i enjoyed for the battle us as the spectators of course it's better to see him fight through but for him and for mclaren it's better to be up there having a boring Fifth race fighting yeah. with one car the entire race yeah yeah um yeah yeah but let's be honest to Alpine are never going to catch McLaren. They've got a solid fourth place. Well, no, already, of course not. You know, need to really it's, be it's more about losing Ferrari. ground to Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. It's losing true. ground to Ferrari. But there's only like 30 points or so in it, I think. Something like that. Mm. So it's, but if we it's can talk about Alpine, if we can talk about Alpine, 
Fernando Alonso. Now, he finished ninth after giving the place back to West Van Ocon, much to my own personal anguish, as I had a bet on Alonso to beat Ocon. Um, <laughs> this is why you should so not bet, sir. Frustrating. So, yes. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Maybe that might be the case. There's maybe a lesson learned that don't bet on Formula One because you never know what's going to happen. Um, apart from the basic things like Christian Horder will find a way to play and Jonathan <laughs> Wheatley will jump on. I'm sorry, I'm going to ramble about how much I don't like Red Bull's organisation. Um, but going back to Alonso... A handbot fur on the podium in any order. Handbot fur in any order. What I... I guess what I can say on Alonso was it was a very good drive and a good fight through. Um, the fact that he was tossing or, or switching position with Ocon during the race shows how well he fought up from the lower midfield where he started the uh, the race uh, in around I think it was actually, I think it was thirteenth. Um, it was twelve twelve or thirteenth, but he he fought up well, got into the points. There's double points for Alpine, uh, so you can't complain too much on that if you are them. Uh, Danny, thoughts on Grand Prix winner Esteban Ocon? One time winner. Um, just it only uh, takes one, baby. What's one. that? That's what it takes. It only takes it, one to get into the record book. Yeah, yeah, he's in. He's in. He's one of the hundred and I forget the number now. Uh, but yeah, just uh, it's kind of glad to see uh, them play the team game and see Alonso give him the spot back. But he had a really good scrap with uh, Gasly in, that, um, in the later part of the race. Uh, it was really exciting, but Gasly, more talent, better car, took care of that. But um, just seeing the results, uh, Alpine is uh, tied with AlphaTauri at 112. They both have 112 points each, so we might see more team games from them um, in the future um, and uh, try to keep that fifth position. But, um, yeah, it's all, also, this is the first time Ocon has scored points in Brazil. I think his previous best, as Crafty had mentioned, was 12th. And, um, yeah. His previous best was taking up Stappen for our entertainment. That, that was the best <laughs> oh, result. How yes. Oh, yes. 10 pin bowling with F1 cars. <laughs> um, I did not actually know until Danny just said that Alpha Tori and Alpina are on the exact same points. That could be a very interesting next couple of races, to mm-hmm. be fair. That, that's going to be interesting the next, next yeah. few races. Um, thankfully, there's another battle going on that's quite close and a lot more meaningful that can keep us entertained rather than the fight for fifth place. But if we move on to Dan, Pierre Gasly, your thoughts on his weekend? He did well. You can't really fault what he's, you know, what he's done this weekend. He had a good drive. He put his car where it needed to be, uh, and he put and he put it in seventh. Now, when you look back at his teammate, which was in, oh yeah, 14th, he's well outperformed him, and I think he's, this season, he's turned into an absolute, like, gem of a driver. Can I add to that? You may. Quickly, on the Gasly. Um, he's qualifying that on the Friday. If you haven't seen mm. the onboard, find it because it's phenomenal. Um, he was I, fifth, I, I heard it. I didn't get to fifth, see it. He was fifth, fifth on genuine pace and fourth after the Lewis penalty. And uh, 
Mm. It was brilliant. But then he actually lost several places at the start of the sprint race. He had an awful start. And I think he was down in 9th or 10th. He recovered to, I think, 8th at the end of it. Um, mm. Yeah. and I haven't, uh, I haven't seen that. So he then, yeah. But uh, if he hadn't had that awful start in the sprint race, I think he would have been higher up. I think he would have been in there with the Ferraris potentially ahead of them again. Um yeah. Yeah. So it could. It could. It was a great, great drive and a great weekend for him. But if he hadn't fluffed the start of the sprint race, I think it could have been even better. Okay. And just before we move on to Carlos that's, Sainz, that's um, just want to ask one question uh, for Dan or Danny. Even Danny, is Pierre Gasly underrated? Uh, no, I believe he's properly rated. Um, he's underrated slash properly rated. Uh, I wasn't really big Gasly fan when he first came in. Um, I thought his results in F2 and in Super Formula, um, I, I thought it was so weak field. I thought him he was going to struggle coming into Formula 1. But um, I believe he, he belongs in the top seat. He belongs in either a Red Bull, which we know it's not going to happen, or, or Mercedes or Ferrari, um, if it's possible, if there's an opening there. Um, I do believe he's a real deal. I do, I do believe he's highly marketable. Being being French, having the French market, and overall his good his good looks as well. He has a good attitude, just a good character. Keep uh, your pants on, dog. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that from when I when I went to when I went to uh, uh, the USGP a couple years ago, he had a lot of fans, and a lot of fans were the female, a lot of female fans for Gasly. Um, so he has the, the, I guess, you know, he's a character. He, he has that ability to, to bring in people as well. Um, I, I just believe, um, he's properly rated and he, he's going to find himself in a tough seat again. Carlos signs, Tim. Um, incredible sprint race. We should mention that. Um, brilliant start took uh, the risk i think as valtteri did on the soft tires and it worked for him really well um obviously had that contact with lando at the start of the main race he, he seemed to get a really really poor start actually considering the start he got yesterday today lando was almost past him before he even got to the marker board for turn one um yeah uh, don't know if he picked up any damage from the contact with lando tire hitting front wing is usually not a good thing for the front wing it was tire on tire, um, I believe. And Charles, put... well, it was, it, get a punk it was it was the impact. It was a uh, tire face to tire face. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it gave any, gave any damage around the wheel or not or anything like that. But yeah, and I, yeah, great great sprint race. Race had the contact at the start, and Ferrari did what they needed to do, as I'm sure we'll discuss with Leclerc as well. He almost had like an opposite to Leclerc. Leclerc had a poor sprint race and a great race today, and. Science had a great sprint race and an okay race today, so yeah. Yeah, Leclerc was brilliant, I thought, today. Um who we'll move on to Leclerc, I think we can all say that he is whilst I feel that Science is the better driver of the two, and I'm probably outspoken on that, I think that it's a fair reason for people to say I'm outspoken on that. I think because Leclerc is showing again today that he is very good. Um and I think he got the maximum out of the car today. And he was fighting with Perez, let's not forget, after the um, the safety car restart. He was uh, fighting very hard with Perez, and he could have got him. Um, 
and if he got him, we don't know, he might have been able to hold him up because that's what Science was able to do yesterday. Oh, sorry, in the sprint race. I just want to go back to Science quickly, and I have a lot of respect for him for what he done today. We're not holding Lewis up. Um, I think. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think, much of I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think anyone had a chance against Lewis. <laughs> no, 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 right? I don't think Charles would have been as. Uh, Forthcoming with let with letting Lewis pass him. I don't think he let him by. I think he just got driven past. He was just the car. Lewis's car was that quick. Yeah, but you can make it difficult, yeah. which Signs did not I do. Think it's picking and choosing your fights and knowing your fights. Yeah, what's the point? Exactly, but but I think you pick. You, you could probably pick ten names out of the of that grid that would have held Lewis up just for the crack, <laughs> and and one of them being Yuki. Yuki, Alonso, they like, Alonso's just good fun to watch, he likes having a fight, so, um, moving on to Sergio Perez, Danny, thoughts on Sergio Perez before we get into the top three? Well, Perez is the number two driver of the year, um, took that, uh, fastest point, fastest lap point away from Lewis, um, he, oh, oh, he's the best just the perfect number confused. two. Sorry, I was confused there. Can... He's the best number two. He he will do anything Red Bull say, um, and he does it well. So he, he's definitely earned his contract for next year. But um, yeah, just nowhere. He's not going to compete for a podium. He was not going to. You know, he he just played the team game for Red Bull. Ran a lonely fourth place race, and that's yeah, much to say about Perez. Yeah. Dan? Just a lonely fourth place. How can you say that he's the best number two when Bottas is behind? Uh, when Bottas is above, in, above him in points and podiums? I'm saying for he, this year. No, no, I'm talking about this year. Yeah, Bottas is. First Bottas first has first. one win. So does Perez. Mm-hmm. Uh, ten podiums for Bottas and five for Perez. It, it, and well, he's it, twenty points above him. But yeah, kind of. I don't, I don't know, Danny. Maybe because it's Sunday and I'm tired of picking flaws in your logic. But you can't be a number two best if you're 10, 20 no, points no, no. behind the <laughs> other number two. Similar to similar to <laughs> this Kimi, is not logical. Similar to Kimi when he was Ferrari, Ferrari would ruin his race in order to benefit Vettel. There's where I'm getting at. Yes, right. Perry. But we are going to have to get onto this in a minute, though. Mm-hmm. We are, th- th- this this is going to be a crucial part of the next races right until the end. Mm-hmm. These these number twos are going to be who gets this championship. Yeah, I just see Perez being more game about that than than Botas. I see more of a a motivation for Perez to hand Red Bull a championship and hand Max a championship. Over than Botas, who's done it for the past three years, for three, four years for Hamilton. Okay. Ooh, low blow, Danny, low blow. <laughs> four years, right? All right. Well, yeah. While we talk about Botas, um, I think with uh, Valtteri Botas, Botas, um, I I thought he drove brilliantly today, and I think you saw the fight was there, and there's some pri- there is some pride still there in being a driver because he felt the team could have had an easy one-two today. Uh, whilst we don't know if that would have been the case, and I thought Mercedes mm. played the uh, strategy well, 
Um, yeah. <laughs> I, d I don't know what more they could have done. I thought Bottas, though, I thought he drove brilliantly. His pole, his, his sprint race was brilliant. I love the movie, I love the start he got. I love how he held off Verstappen. He wasn't even troubled by Verstappen, really. And if Bottas had been driving as he is now at the start of the season, I don't think Russell would be in the seat. It would be in the car next year. Oh, that's mm. true. That's true. Well, I think it would have yeah. been a much more difficult decision. We might not even know the answer yet. Yeah. That being said, Bottas said he'd made his mind up to leave just... as well because he was fed up on one-year contracts, which is fair enough. Yeah, yeah, but I'd, I'd say that if I was getting kicked out too. I don't want to be <laughs> there anyway. Just let George take this. Just, just let George take this. Uh multi-world championship winning car off my hands. I don't want it. I've, ha I've had enough of this. <laughs> yeah. Do we think there was any way that Bottas could have finished second on the one-stop? No, I don't think it was ever possible to one-stop with how early that's they Because that's what he wants. I think they could have gone longer and maybe had a chance. that's what he wanted to happen. I, I thought it would have been going longer to give them a chance with one-two, but... Um... Because I wondered, if you looked at the rate that he... I know Max, once Lewis has passed him, probably turned his engine down and stuff. But the rate that Bottas was catching him at the end, I do wonder if either they should have left him long and put him on the mediums at the end, or if they should have just one-stopped him and left him out there and see what happens. Maybe, but... Don't think he'd have finished behind Perry. I think, yeah, I think they played the right calling strategy. But guys, we got to that point. We have 10 minutes on the clock to say our piece on the front two how do we get this into 10 minutes because what a <laughs> phenomenal race <laughs> what a phenomenal race if phenomenal battle yeah i think yeah. if i may start the main talking point is the incident where verstappen allegedly didn't even bother trying to make the corner I think we all had a very strong view in Discord that it was a dirty move. He never attempted to make the corner and he ran him off. But my issue is not with the lack of penalty. My issue is with the FIA or FOM or whoever's in charge of who gets what camera angles. Because the issue they had was, and this, come from the, this came from the Skypad after the race, they didn't have the Verstappen forward-facing on board and neither did the FIA when making that decision. Now, how can you possibly steward a race when not having one of the two key camera angles that should be on every car and should be available to all the stewards all the time? One forward-facing, one rear-facing. That's what you need the most. And if they had that, I think everyone would have been able to see there is. what angle Verstappen took with the steering wheel, and then it would have been clear-cut whether it was a five-second penalty or no penalty at all. And I think they made the right decision because they didn't have the evidence. So I don't That's know if it's bullshit. still the case. Just, I don't know if it's yeah. still the case, but it used to be that all of the cars cameras are actually on the car, but the teams get to decide which one they make available to the broadcasting at the time of the race, and the rest of the footage is only recoverable after. Now I don't know if that's still the rule, but I that's that that used to be the rule, but they only had they that they only had to give coverage of one camera angle until the race was finished and I don't remember seeing a front facing on board of Max Verstappen for the rest of the race 
so I don't know if that's still the rule, but it could well be. I'm not being funny, but when have we never had a front-facing camera on exactly. an F1 car? Many times. During the race, really? many times. If you actually look back, the majority of times... I mean, there'll be, the, there'll be the odd one where you get, like, the nose camera or something like that, but give us the actual one board. The, the, co- the, over the, helm, the over-the-head camera should always be available because that's the one that fans will always want to see. Maybe that's something they will change going forward. But, but anyway, let's get, let's get on. Well, maybe you don't release the camera angle that you're going to use to cheat. So maybe you're not <laughs> going to give the evidence away. Uh, I just want to sum up quickly that he pushed Lewis off 100%. Uh, my kids let me swear words while, swear, while I was swearing at the <laughs> TV. And where is the onboard? That's, that's what I'm saying about that. Yeah. Just, that's it. Danny, what do you think? There, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't just onboard. There was also um, aerial footage from the helicopter where the move was very blatant. And even in the, during the race, Crofty and Brundle both mentioned like yeah, this should be a penalty. This was uh, th- this was done deliberately. Um, Hamilton was very fast at this point of the race. This was the only way for Max to keep him behind is is to push him off. You know, push the limits of uh, of the rules and of the stewards. We all saw. We all heard Jonathan Wheatley get on that radio immediately and plead his case. Mm. Now, normally this kind of the FIA is known as the Ferrari International Assistance Board, and uh, I, I think they should change that name and, and, and find something else. Um, th- this is just, what does it have to take, uh, what I'm trying to say? If, if Max and Hamilton did collide again, what kind of penalty would you have given Max then at that point? Would you have left him with no penalty? Would, would, he, would it have to have taken Hamilton ha- to have his race ruined? For him to get a penalty, I, I just there was a clear penalty there, um, and it, it's just a shame to see it not being called. Yeah, uh, they did give him a black, him a black and white flag. flag for weaving. Only in, that wasn't that wasn't for the cra- that was the weaving when Hamilton. Took and I'm it. gonna say something on that as well. The staffer's response to being yeah. told he got given a black and white flag for weaving, weaving the sarcasm, the total disrespect for the rule book, and that's what made me feel that Verstappen. Because he doesn't, he doesn't care. Do I, I, think he's, I don't think he's dirty. I think he's... Because he doesn't care. I think there's a difference between how Verstappen does his dirty driving and how Schumacher did his dirty driving. When Schumacher did it and when Senna did it, it was calculated and it was, hey, I know what I'm doing here is probably going to be quite frowned upon. But Verstappen seems to just not care. Verstappen, one, does not care. Two, he's dangerous. And three, he drives like a... The word we're not allowed to use yeah. on any other social media. Since... Here. since Yes, yes, right. Um, since he's come into F1, he's done nothing but drive like a dick. And he's got better, but now he's got more dangerous. And it is going to end up getting somebody killed. Fact. Oof. Because strong. There's, there's, there's only so long. That's very that's strong. strong because safety that. in F1 these days, that's quite strong. But I see what you mean. There are accidents yeah. that Verstappen has been involved in which without modern F1 safety would definitely have been fatal or cause serious injury. Without the halo, Lewis would have But the thing is, right, how far are the FIA going to let him go? How far are they going to let him go? How dangerous are they going to let him be? This is my theory behind it now. Is mm. It's not that they're being biased or anything, but it's better for Formula 1 if Max Verstappen wins 
Because if Max Verstappen wins the title, you are saying, hey, anyone can win this. If Hamilton wins it again, it's the same guy. And the same guy winning every year doesn't sell tickets like a different guy winning every year. It doesn't sell TV subscriptions. It doesn't sell packaged deals. Um, and I think that's why they are probably being a bit lenient. Because it's a business at the end of the day. I also offer, on the incident where they could have crashed but didn't, Max is in the position where if Hamilton runs into the side of him there and they both go out, Max holds his lead with less points available. But if Hamilton, he knows Hamilton has to back out. Yeah. Which is why they didn't come together, because Hamilton actually made the effort to avoid because Hamilton knew that's probably game over 21 points with three or 20 points with three races left mm. but mm. the fact that Hamilton came so Max knows just even just even just running that wide slightly and putting Hamilton to make that decision he knows Hamilton's going to back out which is but Max wasn't slightly into that turn Max went deep into the turn himself and went into the runoff area yeah, under break Very... Hamilton was ahead yeah but he could yeah but could he yeah, but he was, yeah, exactly. yeah, but he can turn around and go, um, I was focusing so much on Hamilton that I missed my breaking point. No, bollocks. Then bollocks. don't be an F1. I mean, the racing driver's bollocks, but... But, but that, that, that's where... It... Then don't drive an F1 car. I know, from, but... From if you're like, arguing that, right, arguing that, Tim, might, you might as well be arguing that Verstappen broke Hamilton's rear wing in Park Ferme if you're arguing that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not, argu- I'm not arguing for Max. And I'm not, and I don't think that's what happened. I just think that that's what he can turn around to any stewards in that incident and say, and 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 then the stewards go more lenient. It's it's unsporting and it's disgrace. It's like not in the spirit of racing or F1 or any of those things. But it's 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 what he can do in that power of position. If Lewis finishes first and Max second next week, Lewis is still behind. Mm. Yeah. With, two, with, 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 with two races to go, how mad are those two races going to go? Can I give you the can I give you the best can I give can I give you the best yeah. theory? Perez and Bottas take the fastest lap points between them. Yep, Perez and Bottas take the fastest lap points between them at the next two races. Lewis wins both. They go into the last race level on points, level on race wins. If that happens, Ooh, if Max that would be. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that would be awesome. But what we're going to do is because we've not got long left, we're going to quickly gush over how brilliant Lewis was today, which was, hey, yeah, put me. Oh, put oh, this weekend. This no, weekend, oh, he's fastest. He's fastest. Weekend. The total wolf explained it. The rear wing broke. That's why it failed the test. That's why he was disqualified. Ten seconds. He goes from the ten seconds faster the than Max in the end to fight from that disqualification up to fifth place. To start, temp. he overtook 15 cuts in 23, in 23 laps. laps. He then was in fourth place by the end of lap five. He got let past by Bottas, obviously. He made light work of Perez. And then when it came to Verstappen, he set him up perfectly. He gave him a little look. He made oh, Verstappen, he made Verstappen yeah. go tight at turn one. And that set it up. He did it to him once. And he yeah. he he, get, he gets him once, right. and he calls Verstappen runs him off. Verstappen I, does weaving the next time, but the third time he still can't defend it. Verstappen, Hamilton gets him, and I think that's going to leave a real psychological blow. And also, when he got him, I was like, yes, 
fucking have it. And I was like Toto. I was <laughs> pointing like, yeah, have it. Oh, my whole house, my whole, my whole house erupted. Like I watched it with the family on a Sunday, and <laughs> my brother, my mum, even my dad, who's not that interested, was like, "Come on, like he's got him, he's got him this time. It's brilliant. Yeah, it was great. Loved it." It's it's just going to be three races of Bottas and Perez falling into line and letting the boys past. Uh, also, two also two um two tracks that we've never been to with an F one cars before. <laughs> Like providing they're ready. The ready. Was it Bono? One of them. Was it Bono that shouted "Yeah, boy" on yeah. the radio? Yeah, yeah. Was it Bono? Was. Yeah. yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. I was like, <laughs> I was laughing, but a little bit cringing at the same time. I was like, wait, <laughs> what? It's after the sprint race, I think it was when he said, <laughs> oh, "Don't touch any of the other cars." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. On fire this weekend. yeah. But to be fair, though, yeah. I I think that's going to be running. That's going to be running. Joke. But Bono was on fire this weekend. Lewis is on fire this weekend. Boys, all three of you mm. have been on fire this weekend. But we have got to wrap it up. Wait, wait, wait! I need to ask one more question. It's going to take like ten seconds. Did anybody see Lewis after he did the whole team with the the hugs, jumping in, showing them love, go back to his PA and touch her hand very very gently. Dan, I think you're talking like Dan. <laughs> what with Angela? Dan, I think you're talking bollocks. And with that, we'll wrap Not it up. What? Yes. <laughs> Formula One fan fiction. Formula go One ahead, fan Dan. fiction for Dan. Yeah, go. If you want to hear facts, facts. So you've uh, you've been listening to the check <laughs> check Facebook in about an hour. I'm going to upload the video. All right. Yeah. All right. That sounds even more suspect than anything else you've ever said to us. Um, with that, <laughs> I, I don't know. Upload the video. I don't know. That, that sounds chilling. Uh, but with that, guys, we're going to wrap it up. If you've enjoyed listening to what you've heard today, make sure you check us out on our socials. There's a link to that in the bio of the podcast. We are Formula One at Formula One Fans UK on Instagram and on Twitter. Find us on Facebook by searching Formula One Fans UK. Uh, Thank you very much for listening, guys. Until next time, goodbye. Keep the race at Interlagos. Keep the race at Interlagos. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, bye. And shout out all to the pickup truck owners. We love you. <laughs>